The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, you betcha, yeah. If it's made in Minnesota, who's making it and how? Yeah, you got that right. It's the makers of Minnesota, focusing on the products and services uniquely made in Minnesota, and conversations with the makers, entrepreneurs, and innovators in Minnesota about how they conceived of their products and how they brought them to market. With Stephanie Hansen, it's the makers of Minnesota. Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen, and you're listening to the podcast Makers of Minnesota, where we talk to cool people doing cool things and uh, entrepreneurs throughout the state of Minnesota that are all uh, having their fun businesses that they're putting together. Um, this business today is very interesting. We're with Eric Paline from North Crickets. Hi, Eric. Hi. So I loved that you reached out to me on LinkedIn because I love people that reach out. It's just like, and everyone should reach out. If you have a business and you want me to tell your story, reach out. And you were like, hey, have you heard about this? And I have to say, I'd heard about eating crickets, and I'd heard about crickets as a protein source, um, and I'd heard about them from um, Andrew Zimmern primarily. Yeah. And I don't know what Andrew Zimmern, um, what he was doing, I mean, maybe long ago when he started Bizarre Foods, but I remembered that he he brought in, when he worked at, the, he worked at this radio station long ago, and he brought in a packet of these crickets, and they were ranch flavored, and he left them, and apparently they eat these in other countries, mm-hmm. and so I had seen crickets, and I'd thought about crickets as a food source, but you are really taking this, like, into the level of, hey, this is a protein-based option for people. Yeah, yeah, not just a, not just like a novelty snack, but really bringing it more, trying to bring it to a more commercial industrial level. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about what's your background. Um, well, my background, as far as kind of relating to insects, I've always been fascinated and, and interested in nature and wildlife. Like I was the kid who would always go, prefer going outside to watching TV and yep. like, you know look under rocks and stuff. And so I've always had just kind of an interest with nature. Uh-huh. Um, and kind of fast forward to a few years ago, I am working at a, I work at a large agricultural company right now for my day job. Yep. Um, And kind of thinking about just what is the future of food going to look like for um, particularly my kids, but kind of just the next generation in general. That's right. Yep. Um, And there's so many facts and figures about how much protein is being consumed and how the demand for protein is growing and populations are growing um, and thinking about what what can I do that's that's something that I'm passionate about, but also I can feel like I'm making a real difference in the world in the next generation. Right. And I had seen um, things like TED Talks and things about different articles online about insects, and it really kind of resonated with me that, like, yeah, this makes sense. It's, it's super common in lots of other cultures. I think something like 80% of the world's countries have insects as a, as a regular part of their diet. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of all... A lot of things kind of culminated, and I just thought, you know, this is something that I could do. It's on the cusp of gaining popularity in the West, Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of the entry point is really ripe for this kind of market. Uh, And so I thought, hey, I'm going to, you know, research this and figure out if it's um, feasible, and it looked like it was. And so at the beginning of this year, 
I built out a kind of custom room in my basement in my house and kind of turned it into my little cricket ranch. And so that's, I've been doing that since the beginning of the year. Okay. I love the idea of a cricket ranch. I just have this visual of like the crickets with little cowboy hats and lassos. <laughs> I don't know why, but, um, so when you reached out to me, you were like, Hey, I'm interested in your podcast, but my business isn't very far along. So you started at the beginning of this year. When did you register for like your LLC as it were? Um, I registered as an LLC actually about two years ago. Um, cause I wanted to just kind of get it and kind of start yep. getting the ball rolling and like look at researching what I need to do. And I was like, well, I can do, that's something easy to do. That's kind of like a beginning. And was North Star Crickets your name all along? Yes. And you've got a Facebook page, yep. you've got a Twitter account. Yep. So you, can I just ask you about your wife? Cause you're yeah. married. So mm -hmm. when you're like, Hey honey, I'm going to have this cricket ranch in our basement. Was she like, hell no. She was like, um, are they going to get out and get all over the house? <laughs> and I was like, no, there's a good containment system. Um, will it be something that can, you know, be a business? Yeah. And so she's, she's all for it. So that was all it is. As long as I didn't get around the house. Yeah. So you get a Facebook page, you get a Twitter account. I watched actually a spot on the Jason show where you had ground your crickets mm -hmm. into cricket powder. Yep. And Tina Rexing is using it at uh, T-Rex Cookies in St. Paul, and she's got a chocolate chirp cookie. Yes. That's really clever and really creative. So people are eating crickets that are dried, and then there's other people that are making it into like a protein powder, and you're doing kind of both. What's your? What do you think is going to be like the big market aha for you? I think... I think right now, well, I know the the vast majority of products that are using cricket ingredients or insect ingredients are using it as a powder. Right. Because it's um, kind of, I mean, you brought some in for me here, mm -hmm. and I should actually probably, so you brought me some ranch freeze-dried, yep. or not freeze-dried, what is that? Just yeah, dried. Yep, they're um, roasted. And then you brought me a maple dried. And anyone who's listened to me on the Weekly Dish radio show that I do on my Talk 1071. I did do a podcast recently with Stephanie March where I was eating this like pig skin and I had to spit it out, which was pretty gross. Um, oh, yeah. Mm, that was like a leg, which maybe wasn't awesome. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're. I know it sounds weird to think it's OK to eat bugs, but mm -hmm. it is OK to eat bugs. Yeah. It's no different than eating like cow or pork or right. chicken. It's just different. And once you get past the, mm -hmm. probably the creepy crawly nature of it all. Yeah. So do it's, you think people are going to be buying like bugs from you that you're smoking and like as snacks? Or do you think it's going to be a powder? I think it's going to be as a powder. I think the best, right now, my best market opportunity is, I think, as a, like an ingredient supplier. Mm -hmm. um, so I do kind of like ro flavored roasted ones like this, kind of just as a novelty, as a novelty sure. thing to get people interested. Yeah. I have something to kind of to, to start a conversation. Right? Yep. Um, but I think as a ingredient for CPG, like consumer packaged good yep. companies that are making, there's everything from protein bars to pasta and crackers. And there's even a brewery out East that did like a cricket infused beer. So there's there like a, a lot of stuff to do. And I think that's kind of the, the key, not as crickets in and of themselves being the final product. Right. So tell me, like, let's get down to brass tacks here. You have the cricket ranch. How much money did you invest in your first round of crickets? And do they procreate and then make their own new crickets? Yeah. So I invested in 
um, a batch of about 500 adult crickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was Yep, and you just ordered them online from yep. somewhere? Yeah, and so there's been there's a few cricket farms down south that have been around for decades that uh, originally raised them as fishing bait. And then when reptile pets kind of started getting uh-huh. more popular as reptile yep. food. Um, and so they raised millions. Of I totally have bait. like a cricket leg stuck in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Okay. So, so, yeah, I got my starter stock from them, mm-hmm. um, and they procreate. Very well. Okay, let me ask you about that. Is it, uh, um, like, do crickets just have sex? Like, there's a man cricket and a lady cricket, and they get together and. Yep. So have... the when you hear crickets chirping, mm-hmm. that's the males. That's their like. Okay. Hey, ladies, I'm strong and healthy. And yep. Come over here. Yep. Um, and then the crickets have what's called a spermatophore. It's like a little sperm packet. Okay. That they'll give. It's like a gift giving. To the females and they actually also have um there's like really kind of a bubble of nutritional stuff yeah and so the female will get like a nutritional gift and the sperm and does the nutri- does she take it by the mouth or in the mm-hmm. yep okay yeah so there is no there's no like, like parts right. per, as it were yes <laughs> so she eats the eggs well so she'll take that and then she'll kind of She'll eat the nutritional part and then transfer the other part to her backside where it'll go in. And then through does she do it with her mouth or does like she swallow it and then move it down her digestive system and that's how it? No, it's with her like with her body externally. She'll okay, it. yeah, all right. Um, wow. And then the females have it's called an ovipositor. It's like yep. a long appendage on their back end, and that's what they use to lay their eggs with. So they'll insert that into soil and lay the eggs. Of underground. Okay, so they don't carry the eggs in their system. They yep, they lay them in. Got earth. it. Yep. So they have to get the eggs in the nutrition package. Mm-hmm. Then they move it down their body into wherever it needs to move to fertilize. I'm assuming mm-hmm. with whatever their lady parts are that are fertilizing exactly. it. Then they take the long steam and thing and bury it in the ground. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Wow. That's yeah. and I mean, and it's really it's they're. They're really advantageous to raising because they will only lay their eggs in soil. So, the for while while I'm raising them in their containers, there's yep. no soil, so they're not laying any eggs. But then when I'm ready to have them lay eggs, I'll put in containers of soil, and they all flock to it and just lay their eggs. Okay, that's amazing. That's so have they held them that yep. whole time? Mm-hmm. Yep. So from the time that they start breeding with the males, they'll hold the sperm inside yep. them to wait until. It's an opportune time for them to lay their eggs. That is so cool. Okay, so now you've got them in sawdust, and then you move them into the dirt so they can do their thing. Yep. And I actually raise them in uh, egg cartons. So huh. they like they really like being in close, confined, dark spaces. Okay. So you have lots of egg cartons kind of all stacked together, and they fall in there, and it's like their little... Cute, like condos. a hive almost. Yeah. yeah, that's funny. Okay, so then... They lay their eggs. How many times a year does a cricket do this? So the life cycle from when they hatch to when, so like when one generation's eggs incubate, it takes about 10 to 12 days to incubate the okay. eggs. Okay. So pretty quick. Yep. Then when they hatch, they're ready to lay eggs in about six and a half weeks. And how long is the lifespan of a cricket? It's about that long. They don't live much longer than and so, they'll lay they if I let them they would lay eggs for a few more weeks mm-hmm. but that's a that's about it so then when they lay eggs I 
harvest those adults and then incubate the next. And are you doing this in groups? So, Mm -hmm. like, are there some that are dead earlier and you have to pick those out before you whatever or? Um, There is a mortality rate um, just kind of in the process of Yeah, because some must be not okay crickets. Right. Just like Um, humans. Yeah, but each, I'll do, like, when one batch of eggs hatches, those will all grow up together. And so then they'll be mature about the same time and then they can lay eggs and then I'll harvest all those. So in your cricket ranch, about how many boxes of I these have, crickets do you have going? I have um, about, I at full adult capacity, I have about ten to 12,000 wow. crickets. And uh, to make like a batch of powdered cricket protein, mm-hmm. how many crickets does that take? It's around roughly... In the neighborhood of 4,000 crickets. Yeah, it would seem like it's a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the crickets are on their way. Just one more question about your wife. Do they make, they're chirping, so can Mm -hmm. you hear them all throughout your house? No, no. So the room itself is all insulated. Okay. Primarily for heat retention because I keep it about 90 degrees. But that also acts as soundproofing. Okay, and you have a day job. Mm -hmm. So is it a lot of maintenance? Like, is it like having pets kind of or i mean um, you can't leave and go on vacation can you uh they're pretty good at if i have I, they have you know food and water that'll last them for a few days yep. at a time at least what do they eat um i am that's one of the things i'm working on is kind of like developing a, a food blend a super food yeah yeah but i've i've tried or i'm trying everything from just kind of regular poultry feed mm-hmm. you can get at the feed store um, sunflower meal. Uh, there's a sunflower oil processing facility in central Minnesota that I'm working with to get um, some sunflower meal from them. So it's kind of like, like Smood? The, yes, yeah. it is them. Yep. Smood oil. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's a... Tom Smood. It's a byproduct of the oil Yeah, he's processing. been a guest of ours. And then oh. are the... Okay, I just was about to ask the dumbest question in the world, but I was like, is then it a vegan cricket because it's eating seed versus but it's they're not vegans because they're proteins so they're animals right so that's a interesting question because i've talked to a lot of vegetarians and vegans about their thoughts of on both why they choose to have the diet they do and what they think of eating insects right um and i think in in talking to people i've kind of personally classified kind of two groups of vegans and vegetarians there's the ones that are just very kind of by the book. Yeah. Like, I don't eat. Yes. And there's ones who are a little more flexible. Like, well, I don't I don't eat beef because it's not environmentally sustainable or, yeah. or whatever. And for them, there's more. It's a, there's a higher likelihood that insects would fit into their right. diet. Some people don't eat eyes and snouts. It's just, yeah, it can go that run the gamut. Okay. Yeah. So you've now got these crickets growing and you can Freeze dry them for snacks, or you can make them into this protein, and mm-hmm. then you're packaging this protein. What on who? Where are you going to buy the, to sell this protein? You know what I mean. Like, how do you develop a market for that? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, there are a few chefs that I've been reaching out to and talking to that have interest. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually met Andrew Zimmer a few weeks ago. Sure, and he. Uh, is opening Lucky Cricket, a yeah, restaurant coming yeah. up down the road. So I'm, I'm. We said we were gonna. It was at an event, and he was kind of moving through pretty quick. Yeah. But we were that we were gonna reconnect 
again. So, um, and then a couple just local um, private people, just consumers that are that are interested that I've that I've reached out to. It's kind of right now. I'm primarily focused on kind of optimizing my process and really figuring yep. out like the feed and everything. Getting to, your cricket ranch it. running at optimal. Exactly. And, do um, you... and so I'm not doing a lot of marketing right now. It's kind of whatever's happening is happening kind of organically. Yep. Which is which is nice. Um, but that's definitely gonna be something that I'm gonna look at kind of how to how do I market myself the best. And is the intention to always have this in your home or if you no. get big enough, then you go and you get a commercial facility where you are raising? Right. At, in my home right now, my scale, I'm only able to do a couple pounds a month uh-huh. of crickets. Um, and so I am kind of in addition to optimizing my process, I'm also trying to find um, mentors, business partners, investors, kind of people who can, can come alongside or like work with that that eventually I'll be able to move into a, a larger dedicated like warehouse space. Some of these people listen to this program, so this is good that you're on. Um, okay, so now we've got protein powder. Mm-hmm. Do you, is there enough of a market to sell it or do you need to create like a proof of concept in order to sell it? What is the actual likelihood that you can make this a business selling this protein powder? Um the example I'll use is there's the two largest farms right now in North America. There's one in outside of Toronto, and there's one outside of Austin. Mm-hmm. Those are the biggest farms right now, and they're both over 25,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. And they are both, in the next year, expanding to over 100,000 square feet because mm-hmm. they can't meet demand. So it's it's a supply-constrained market right now. Do you think that, like, your crickets will be better or genetically more? <laughs> I, I, I mean, is that kind of where yeah. you'll head eventually with, like, wow, I've developed this system? And I mean, I th- think that there's potential down the line to do some of that. Um, but I think just by virtue of the whole industry becoming more commercialized, there's going to be selective breeding yeah you know you're you're gonna whichever even right now i'm raising whichever ones are you know mature the fastest those are the ones that are laying eggs so it's gonna be kind of that natural genetic improvement yeah natural selection um but i think also with trying to develop a a really good feed blend so that they're eating quality stuff i also Uh i also use a lot of um you know as much fresh veggies and stuff that i can because they really like that it's a good way for them to get um water yeah so so I think that more so than being like, this is a better cricket. I think it's just a this is this is something that's more local because I think that's a big um, selling factor with with it. Also, is that it's wow. Can be really I never even thought produced. about that. Yeah, so like we care about our local distilleries. We mm-hmm. care about our grain to glass. So this is going to be right cricket then, to cookie. Yeah, and another another potential kind of like business plan or business model is having like a network of partner farms. Yeah. So if I can develop kind of my own practices and processes that work really well, I can deploy those at other locations where there's other farmers that are, right. you know, I kind of contract with. And say, yep. Here's, here's what I've developed as the really good process. And the, so they could be in Alexandria or Rochester. Yeah. And or, not to go back to smooth oil, but that's kind of what they did is they mm-hmm. had a sunflower and they said to their neighboring farmers, Hey, if you produce 
sunflowers with our product and you will go out and we'll get distribution to get rid of your product. We'll sell it for you, but you have to grow it this way and you have to do it this way. And that's really fascinating. So how much money do you think you've got in at this point? Um, less than $5,000. And if someone was interested in investing, someone listening to this podcast mm-hmm. is like, wow, this really could be something. What do you think they need to be able to come to the table with in terms of an investment? Um, my, I've worked with a financial planner to kind of work on my three to five year goals uh-huh. as, a, as a business. Yep. And I think where I'm at roughly, there's still kind of some unknowns, but roughly what I would be looking at for startup costs would be um, under $250,000. Okay. So that seems pretty doable mm-hmm. for the right investor. Yeah. And um, you're convinced that there's enough need for this protein powder. Absolutely, yeah. And do you have like a distribution network or would you be selling it or will you find, how will you get the sales? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. someone maybe that has skills in mm-hmm. distribution channels would be nice too. Yeah. Um. So your day job and you're cricketing on the side, do you have like a goal of like, wow, I think I could be doing this full time by X amount of time or is it more based on the money? Yeah, it's based on the money because in order to be able to do it full time, I would have to be at a scale that's much larger than what, yep. I, what I am right now. So you almost need the the larger distribution facility in order to make this a full time job. Yep. Are you excited about it? Oh, I'm super pumped about it. Yeah. Like you seem like you've, I mean, you've done a lot of research yeah. and why are Americans obsessed with protein? And aren't we already getting a lot of protein in our daily living? Let's talk about that for a second. It's interesting. I think that um, America, I mean, I think it goes to just kind of the history of our diet. You know, we have the Corn Belt, which feeds a lot of cows and we eat a lot of beef. Yep. Um, And I think that because that's just been in kind of the cultural psyche, that's what we think is what we need to do. Right. Um, and kind of related to that, be, with so many up-and-coming, developing, co- developed countries that are becoming more affluent, their demand for protein, particularly beef, is also growing. Yeah. So we export a ton of, like, corn and soybeans right. to, like, China yep. for cattle feed. Yep. And so protein is not just a, a U.S. growing thing. It's like a global growing, growing trend. Like, I've seen figures that in the next 20 years, protein production will have to double meat demand, which is astonishing. Yeah. And so many of us are buying like protein powders. Mm -hmm. And so if I get your chopped up cricket protein powder, do I, can I just put that in a smoothie? And yeah. Oh yeah. And how many, like for one tablespoon of protein powders of crickets, Mm -hmm. about how many grams of protein am I getting? It's it's about 60% protein by weight. Okay. So it's very high in protein. Um, And that's what there's like, you know, chances are if you see a headline, I'm about, squeezing the cricket. Sorry <laughs> about crickets or eating insects. Protein is what they're all talking about. Mm-hmm. But what gets overlooked is that they are really good sources of iron, calcium, B12, huh. omega threes and six in good ratio. So there's all these other things that aren't insignificant. Like they're significant, yeah, numbers of them. So they're it's a really really well balanced nutrient dense. And when we have this protein powder and we put it in cookies or we put it in smoothies mm-hmm. or 
granola bars. Can you taste it? Not really. No. Um, I've made a really a really good, I would say probably the best like beginner dish is banana bread. Okay. Because you've got so many just like good, strong, rich flavors in there. Yep. That you can add. I've done I've done it where I've replaced a quarter of the flour with cricket powder, and it's barely noticeable. Huh. And wow. so you get just this huge nutritional boost. And so a a really good demographic that I would love to kind of try to target is parents mm-hmm. because you could add it to cookies or banana bread or muffins or something. yeah you could add it into kids food yep. really easily um and it's not noticeable well and kids are so unique in that a lot of kids don't like to eat meat hmm. they i don't know why but it just it's they'll eat like hot dogs or certain things but yeah. just meat in is, general for kids and from kid to kid is very different so i've got two kids um I've got a six-year-old son and a two-year-old daughter. Uh They both love eating crickets. Like, they love coming down and, like, helping me feed them and look at them. Yeah. They love eating them. Um, But then, like, my son doesn't like eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah. And so it's like, but he loves mushrooms. And so it's it's really interesting. I think that part of that is that they haven't, like, what they like and don't like, that's just what they like and don't like. They haven't grown to think that bugs aren't food. So they yeah. haven't learned that, oh, well, peanut butter and jelly is fine. It's just like, well, I don't like it, so I don't like it, or I do like it. And so I think that it's going to be a generational thing. It might be a little harder to get all of the adults in America to get on board yeah. with eating crickets, but kids, I think, will be a much easier to Well, and this. as we populate the world, you know, we're going to have to look at alternative sources of food. We just can't keep oh, yeah. eating cow forever, you know. Exactly. And, um, there's just not enough. There's not enough room to feed all yeah. these ruminants. And to to that point, like if we compare cricket production to cow production, mm-hmm. um, and there's fact figures that I've seen that have that vary, but conservatively, it's maybe a thousand gallons of water for a pound of beef, mm-hmm. and over ten pounds of feed for a pound of beef. Wow! Like think about that for just a second. A right. pound is. A packet of ground beef. Yep. Whoa. Yeah, that so is a lot. It takes 10, 10 to 20. I've seen figures anywhere from 10 to 20 pounds of feed. And just and the, a thousand gallons of water. Water. Wow. And so, water is becoming such a scarce commodity. Yeah. And then I don't remember the figures, but tons of greenhouse gases because yeah. they produce a ton of methane. Yep. Yeah. Um, compared to that to crickets, it's less than the one gallon of water for a pound of crickets. Wow. Yeah. And less than two pounds of food. Wow. So it's far and away superior in from a sustainability perspective to beef. All right. Well, Eric, I have to tell you, you have been a very interesting guest. You're very you. knowledgeable. I'm so glad you reached out to me. It is North Star Crickets. Uh, the cricket ranch is at his house in an undisclosed location that we <laughs> won't be telling you. I have, uh, I think the cricket leg that was in my throat has finally broken down okay. just enough that I can swallow <laughs> it is Eric Palin. Um, I'm really glad that we talked to you now because I can't wait to talk to you in a year. Yeah, me and too. And just see like what has happened and good luck with your cricket farm. Yeah, thank you so much.